We see an orange sky, an obscure sun on too many days. And we see this week the places and spaces that we call home, that we know and that we love, have a tint, a fiery glow that makes them look like scenes from another planet. COVID first kept us in our homes, and now throughout California and the western states of this country, so many of our neighbors have had to leave those homes as fires come near and threaten their lives. We've lost souls, we've lost firefighters, we've lost homes, and for many people, they've lost hope. COVID led us all to wear masks to protect from the spread, but now we're wearing them to help us breathe through the ash that hangs in our sky. But even in the midst of the latest challenge, we do what we do here in Los Angeles. We continue to help one another, to find a way to dig deep, to find that extra gear, to keep go going, and to make sure that we protect everything that we love here in Los Angeles and in this world. This past weekend, we activated four smoke relief centers at Rec and Park facilities here in Los Angeles to provide residents reprieve from the unhealthy skies. We've sent our fire crews who are on the line right now from the Los Angeles Fire Department to help just here in our backyard battle the Bobcat Fire in the Angeles National Forest, which as of right now has burned 44,393 acres and is at just 3% containment. Other firefighters from our city are further north in 10 different fires where they're on the front lines protecting communities who last year sent their fire departments to help protect our communities when fire came to the edge of Los Angeles. All told, we see in our state more acres and more destruction than any year in our recorded history. We are feeling the immediate impacts of climate change and facing challenges to, that demand our commitment to the long-term solutions that it's too late to reverse the warming for, but to mitigate the impact in our communities and throughout the world. Our unflinching determination to reverse this devastating new normal year after year after year. But this year has not given us the luxury of fighting one crisis at a time. And while we fight these fires, we continue to fight the ongoing fire of COVID-19 in our communities. Since the day coronavirus, this coronavirus arrived here in Los Angeles County, our top public health goal has been keeping infections low enough to make sure our hospitals have the capacity to serve any patients who are worst hit by COVID-19 and any, any other maladies they face. That's not only the job of our medical personnel and our first responders, we've learned it's the job for all of us. Each one of us in our communities, in our homes, our places of work have that immediate work to do where we aren't just passive bystanders, but active lifesavers every day. Yesterday, I and Supervisor Catherine Barger met here in Los Angeles with the United States Surgeon General, Dr. Jerome Adams, to share the lessons of our response here to the pandemic. The testing centers we stood up, the nursing facilities where we demanded tests and cut deaths by more than 80%, the success in eliminating the racial health disparity among African-Americans in Los Angeles County in the face of COVID-19. And when we were asked what more we needed, we both asked them to take this message back to Washington, that Angelinos, Californians, and Americans are counting on the federal government to deliver financial support 
to those local governments and first responders on the front lines. Those workers in the hospitals, those firefighters transporting people, folks that every single day are putting their bodies and their lives on the line to protect us. I was pleased to see a door open up again today in those negotiations. And I urge the President, I urge our Senate, and I urge our congressional leaders to come to an agreement now, put politics aside, and help our cities who are facing furloughs and layoffs, help our first responders that are saving lives, get the financial backing that they need, and help us save those that are suffering the most from the economic devastation that has resulted from this pandemic. You see, threats like fires and deadly viruses call on all of us to come together across political lines and political boundaries, to support one another and to play an active role in saving lives. We are not powerless, my friends. We are powerful. When we come together and we figure out ways that we can protect one another, whether it's our loved ones or, or strangers in our city, we are one Los Angeles, and we are proving that each day. I've asked so much of you during this pandemic. Stay home, wash your hands, wear a mask, keep your distance, get tested. I know it can be a lot to contain or even to remember, but you've done an amazing job. Our hospitalizations from COVID right now are at the lowest level they have been since the first outbreak here in LA. Your actions have saved the lives of thousands of your family members and neighbors. That's something to be proud of for the rest of your life. But our progress remains fragile. We know that. One week where we let up on wearing a mask, the virus spreads. One party that should not be thrown that people attend, the virus spreads. Open things up too quickly and the virus spreads. So tonight I want to talk to you about a new threat that is just around the corner where I need your help one more time. I need you to do one more thing that you add to that list to protect yourselves and your family and your loved ones. This threat is the flu. Every Angelino has a critical role to play in preventing a worst case scenario. Doctors are already talking about it. Folks from the CDC and others, Dr. Fauci are saying, this could be the worst phase of this pandemic just in the next couple months. If we see our hospitals, our community, and our economy overwhelmed and overrun by cases of COVID and the flu together, everything we have worked for could be threatened. We cannot let that happen. We will not let that happen. So I'm gonna ask you to add this one more thing to that list so you can save lives and stop the spread. Now is the time for you and your family to go get a flu shot. Follow the instructions from your doctor or your healthcare provider Visit Walgreens or CVS or Rite Aid in your neighborhood or one of the many other locations, including community clinics, where you can get yourself the flu vaccine. The CDC recommends that everyone over six years of age, six, sorry, six months of age, should get the annual flu vaccine by the end of October. So we've got a little bit over a month to do this, but don't delay. Do it now. Last year, fewer than half of all Americans got a flu shot. This year, we need to get 100%. We need to be, do much better and make sure everybody is vaccinated to avoid the double hit of both COVID and the flu at the same time. You're gonna hear a lot of talk from me and from medical professionals over the next two months about this so that we can keep up the progress that we've made in our public health condition. Progress that is reflected, thankfully, in today's data. 
The county now estimates that the rate of transmission in LA County, or the R rate, is 0.95. Slightly higher than last week, but still indicates decreased infection rates from where we were this summer and below that magical threshold of one, meaning that those numbers should continue to come down as long as somebody infected isn't spreading it to more than one person. As of today, five of the six critical indicators that we track, again, are headed in the right direction. And yesterday, the state again updated the tier status for each county. While LA County remains in the most restrictive tier, purple, there is some very positive news. That met the metrics that are most important to the state, the case rate and the positivity rate, continue to improve here in Los Angeles. That means that if we keep this up, we may be permitted by the state to move into the next tier in the coming weeks and months. But here's the bottom line. We are slowly but surely moving in the right direction, and your actions have saved lives. But let's not confuse progress with promise. Positive trends don't mean that we're out of the woods by any stretch. The virus is still here, and we still have to act with vigilance. So you know what to do. Keep avoiding those gatherings. We're waiting to see what the impact of Labor Day is, but knock on wood, it seemed much better out there than the previous holidays of the 4th of July and Memorial Day. Keep maintaining at, le at least six feet of distance. Wash your hands and your surfaces. Wear a mask. Avoid crowds and conversations. And masks, we know, make a huge difference. Today, in fact, the director of the CDC said, and I quote, that masks are the most important, powerful public health tool we have. That wearing a face covering is more guaranteed to protect against COVID than a COVID vaccine because a vaccine may not provoke an immune response for everybody. I'm very proud that LA was the first big city widespread to require masks. And Angelinos have embraced their importance in everyday life. And we must continue to encourage others to use this critical tool. Since July, almost 20,000 people have looked at the way we're using art to get this message out by visiting the website of our LA Mask Print Project that we started in July to amplify this message and to download prints from some of our greatest artists here in LA. Art that shows the very best of our city's creativity and spirit. Tonight, we're releasing another poster. It's from Aaron Rodriguez, an artist and designer who's based in West Los Angeles. And you can download this for free at coronavirus.lacity.org slash mask art. And businesses and residents are encouraged to post this in your windows and your shop doors alongside the other mask, sides, mask uh, prints that are off the site. We have these for multiple um, neighborhoods too. So thank you so much to Aaron for your extraordinary work. Today in the county, we had reported 1,148 new infections, bringing the total to 256,148. 496 of those cases were here in the city of Los Angeles, bringing the city's total to 104,168 cases since March. The good news is our seven-day average since a week ago has now been under 1,000 for the first time since May 21st. That's a job well done, Los Angeles. That's a job you can be proud of. And let's keep those numbers coming down. The county, most tragically, and our hearts go out to everybody who has lost someone, reported 31 deaths. This brings the total of fallen Angelinos to 6,303 souls. Of these 31 deaths, 11 were in the city of Los Angeles. 
and we mourn with every family. And I'm going to be sharing a story of one at the end of this presentation. Our hospital inventory, as I mentioned, remains stable and lower than we've seen. Across the county, there are 759 available beds, 593 of them for acute care, and 166 in the ICU. And we have 1,243 available ventilators. We have 238 ICU patients who are severely sick. This is a substantial decrease since last month, and we pray for the recovery of each and every one of those with the families that I know are hanging on every message they get from a doctor about their loved one's conditions. Today, 780 Angelinos are in the hospital with COVID, which means we've cut that number of hospitalized patients nearly in half over the last five weeks. But even as we have these better numbers, these lowest levels since the start of the pandemic, yesterday we saw the first modest increase in hospitalizations in recent weeks. It came back down again today, but this is a fragile number. We can't be careful enough. If you feel there's even a slight chance that you have been exposed to COVID-19, please get tested right away. Ask your doctor for an appointment or schedule a test at one of the community health centers or city, county, or state site. At our city sites this week, we have the capacity to test more than 20,000 people each and every day. And thank you to the volunteers who have been working in this heat, this record heat, to continue providing this service to all of their neighbors and fellow Angelinos. You're truly heroes. And as of today, 1.4 million people in our city have been tested. And our seven-day positivity rate is 4.59%, according to the state. The county is tracking that even lower, as low as 2.3% in recent days. We also continue to send mobile teams all around Los Angeles so that you don't have to come to us, but we come to you. These have been successful and popular, and we're going to keep going where the need is greatest. Today and tomorrow, we have mobile testing teams at East 60th and South Central Avenue and at San Fernando Recreation Park. And remember, these tests are free for anyone with or without symptoms. So to find, one, uh, to find any of these more than 100 testing locations, please go to our testing website at coronavirus.lacity.org slash testing. And remember, if you get a call from a county contact tracing team member, answer that call. And please finish the interview. People's lives, including those you love most, depend on it. And you can also help stopping the spread of the virus by downloading the Citizen Safe Pass mobile app that we debuted last week. It notifies you if you come into contact with someone who has tested positive for COVID-19, so you know when to get tested as well. The app is free and it's private and anonymous. Your data isn't stored with anybody in government, and every two weeks it's washed away. It puts the power in your hands to help trace outbreaks and to electronically slow the spread and stay safe. Over a million people already have the Citizen app here in LA County. If you haven't done it, join them and make sure that you have the Citizen Safe Pass. As the months wear on, I know that so many of us are impatient. I hope everybody is looking out for your mental and spiritual health in these difficult days, days where we have better numbers but until those numbers are zero, each one represents human suffering and loss. Maybe you've started to make little changes. Maybe because of your impatience, you've started taking a little bit more risk. I get that instinct. I understand it. I know you want things to feel normal again. But when we loosen up, we see negative effects. Last Sunday, more than 7 in 10 new cases in L.A. were from people under 50 years old. 
So I want to talk to young Angelinos again about the importance of being vigilant. Today, the highest number of infections among people 30 to 49 years old is, sorry, is among people 30 to 49 years old. And the second highest is folks 18 to 29. That's a sign that the restlessness may be especially prevalent among younger Angelinos who, are, who have heard over and over again that they're safe from this virus. They don't have to worry. They won't die. But that isn't true. This virus can have a lasting effect. No one is immune from this virus. And more and more research is telling us how many young people and healthy people are being infected and how much they have to lose if they are. Even if this disease doesn't kill you, it can change your life forever. Research published in The Atlantic recently offers a powerful example. If a man in his 30s and a man in his 60s both contract COVID-19, it is more likely that the man in his 30s will develop a month-long illness than the 60-something will die. Hear that. It's more likely if you're in your 30s that you will have lasting, maybe even permanent effects than that 60-something-year-old will die. These so-called long haulers are experiencing long-term illnesses, not just a cough or a minor headache. We're talking about some really nasty stuff. Fevers that don't go away for weeks, hallucinations, memory loss, gynecological problems, erratic heartbeats. Up to one in five COVID patients have heart damage, damage. And more than half of the people who don't even show symptoms develop lung abnormalities. And this is still a new virus that we're learning so much about, so we don't know the full scope of what it will do to your body. We don't know what other diseases it might open the door to and lead to or make you more susceptible to. So each of us at every age, every stage of life, every walk of life needs to remain vigilant to protect ourselves and our family from that long-term suffering. Across Los Angeles, this virus has altered lives and shattered the way we look at the future. Last night, this terrible disease took a beloved member of our Los Angeles city family, Daniel Salazar. Danny loved Los Angeles. He loved his family, and he loved what he did every single day working at our Department of Recreation and Parks. As a kid growing up in Pacoima, Danny came to see the power of sports and recreation transform lives to help young people stay away from gangs and keep them on a path to a promising future. He understood that when kids had a sense of purpose, when they had a community to call their own, that they could transform their lives and the life of their city. And that became the work of his life and the mission that guided him every single day in his 27-year career. Danny threw himself into each and every role he was given, recruiting over 250 teens for an after-school program at Lenark Recreation Center in Canoga Park. And, and 15 years later, many of those participants have gone on to their own careers, now serving young people as rec and parks workers in our government. He helped rebuild a soccer and volleyball program in Van Nuys from the ground up. And as usual, he exceeded expectations, creating a program that served 300 youth. And at every stop along his journey, Danny brought his trademark sense of humor, magnetic warmth, and a deep enthusiasm for his work. That's the spark that caught the attention of one of his fellow Rec and Parks workers, Liana Ortega. And after first successful date at a Dodger game, the two of them set out on a life filled with love 
adventure, and family. A life tragically cut short by COVID-19. Wherever he went, Danny brought light, and he brought hope, and he brought opportunity to those who needed it most. That's the example that he and Ileana set for their three boys, Danny, Liam, and Nico. And it's what he gave to all of us as an angel in this city of angels. And to Ileana, and to Danny, and Liam, and Nico, we wrap our arms around you. Not just those of us in your city family, but four million grateful souls who know that Danny gave himself to all of us. Tonight, let's honor the memory of Danny Salazar. Let's honor the memory of each and every one of our loved ones whose lives have been changed and whose lives, in some cases, have been lost because of this fight. Let us remember those who are on the fire line right now, continue to pray for the recovery of our two sheriff's deputies. Let us summon the things that bring us together and that recognize those who are angels in this city of angels. And know that those just aren't other people. They are you. You can spread your wings out each and every day when you wear a mask and keep your distance, when you donate to the food bank or volunteer. We had the 19th anniversary of 9-11 this past week. I went to the LA Regional Food Bank and saw the spirit of this city with volunteers wearing masks at a safe distance in the midst of a pandemic, packing up plums and produce to be able to get food to those in need. I saw too at a fire station restaurants who themselves are threatened with going out of business, who've had to lay off employees who still were making meals to deliver to fire stations to say thank you to firefighters because we saw 19 years ago, so many of them lose their lives, just as we see those who have lost their lives on the fire lines here in California. Let us carry forward that spirit of action and service and of love in everything that we do and follow their example by protecting one another. And let's all stay safe and stay healthy. And whenever possible, stay at home. We can get through this together and we will. So sending you a lot of strength and a lot of love as always. Thank you, Los Angeles. With that, I'd be happy to answer questions. Almost felt like Mayor Garcetti was trying to keep people on a positive track today and focused because of all the bad news. Uh, the underlying message here is that COVID is still out there. The mayor said we are not powerless, we are powerful, and people really have been put to the test this year. Last 10 days, especially with the heat wave, the fires, the bad air quality, and the immediate good news, LA County Health says the numbers are trending down, and he certainly wants to continue in that direction. The new threat, though, according to the mayor, the flu. He says this could be the worst phase of our pandemic, so he's advising everyone, and so are the medical experts, get a flu shot. They will be available in many places. But as you heard the mayor say today as well, five of the six indicators are headed in the right direction now, which means if we continue on this course, we may see some reopening businesses in the next few weeks. 1,148 new cases of COVID today, that's a new number, but the seven-day average is under 1,000, and according to the mayor, that's very good news. There are enough hospital beds and respirators, and Chuck, the mayor said, masks are the most powerful tool we have. It's something very simple, but if you wear a mask and socially distance, you know, Repeating a message we heard earlier today, the three high points for me is wear that mask, get that flu shot, and take care of one another. Yeah. Mayor Garcetti again.
All right. So as of today, more than 50 schools in the Inland Empire have now been granted waivers from the state to go ahead and resume in-person classes. NBC4's Tony Shin is going to take a look now at how some are meeting the new safety protocol. It's been more than two weeks since Valley Preparatory School in Redlands reopened its doors to in-person classes. And according to the head of school, students and staff have been abiding by all of the COVID-19 safety precautions, including regular testing for staff, face coverings, social distancing, and temperature checks at school entrances. We've had a few students with temperatures that we've sent home, uh, some sneezing, some coughing, but so far no confirmed cases of COVID. And that is a big relief for office manager Lindsay Heidi, whose two children attend this private school. I felt in the beginning there was definitely some doubt or some, some fear, but after seeing what they put together and the steps that they were going to take, I was very confident sending them back. In the high desert at Lucerne Valley Elementary, students have been back in class for about a month. It was the first IE school to reopen under the state's waiver system. The superintendent says there haven't been any issues. We haven't had any trouble with uh, COVID outbreaks or anything at the school, no class cancellations. So far in San Bernardino County, at least 31 schools have been granted waivers from the state to reopen. In Riverside County, the number is more than two dozen all of them smaller private schools. The school districts are waiting so that they can provide the necessary uh, either materials or, or information to their parents and students on how to protect them. So they're, they're watching, I believe, a lot of these private schools to see how they do. And we're learning too, how to do something on a larger scale. Officials in both counties say so far there haven't been any COVID-19 outbreaks at any of the schools that have been granted waivers. Yeah. A positive sign for parents who want their kids back in class. And just knowing that so many people care about my kids and their health and safety is exactly what I want dropping my kids off at school. Tony Shin, NBC4 News. Coming up tonight at 6, the countdown to get counted. The census deadline quickly approaching, but a shortage of census workers is making it tough. Our IT takes a closer look at the new push now to make sure everyone gets counted and what it means if they are not. Also, get an update on the Bobcat fire and just how close it's burning to homes in Sierra Madre. And the new bridge that city leaders hope will become a symbol of Southern California.